Hello everyone, and welcome to Satellite House. I'm Evan. I'm Jason. And today, episode four. So, um, something that we were talking about a little bit before the podcast um, is r slash place, the whole collaborative artwork on Reddit. What do you think were some of the most interesting things you saw on r slash place, do you think? I think the most interesting thing was there was no nudity. (laughs) That surprised me. I feel like that would have had to get taken down because of like Reddit's community guidelines. Cause I think the, the whole idea was to like publish this as like a, a work of art for the internet or something. Right. So they, I, they probably didn't want any pornography on there. Yeah. So th- that means they were actively moderating it or something like that. Like I'm surprised there was not like a huge penis on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Cause you know, yeah. half of Reddit is basically that kind of stuff. Yeah. So no, I'm you're right. You're happened. right. And then I like the part where, Germany decided it would take up the entire width of the place. Yeah. No, and and the French built that big like kind of mural thing in the bottom left. What was the French mural? Um, I think they had they had a mural of like the Eiffel Tower on top of the French flag. It was pretty cool. Um, so I saw so many countries on there. Um, uh, it was really kind of cool to see like everybody uh putting like a bunch of stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my favorite subreddits are on there um like r slash dogecoin um (laughs) never getting my money back from that um but you know what it's actually been doing pretty well over the last week which is kind of weird um there the price of dogecoin is sort of like jumping a bit have you heard anything about this jason I mean, I keep pay attention to it a little bit. Um, I, I similar to you, I own Dogecoin and I bought it at a bad time, so I'm losing money in it. But I bought it honestly because of Elon Musk. So earlier this week, obviously Elon Musk bought what was it, nine point ten percent? Nine point two percent. Nine point two percent. Why did you think Elon bought it? Because there's uh, a lot of people. There's a lot of people talking about it. That was like the biggest news of this week. Okay, so I personally believe that Elon Musk bought that share in Twitter because he wants to be able to say what he wants to say, and Twitter is notorious for not letting people say what they want to say. And I feel like if he owns this large of a chunk of Twitter, like they kind of have to, right? That he can't. He's he's not worried about getting his account suspended. He's not worried about. Uh, you know, being kicked off Twitter like Trump was like, he can say whatever the fuck he wants now. And you know why he needs that? Because so much of his popularity and his following is because of his Twitter account. Like how many people follow other billionaires the way that they follow Elon Musk? Like nobody gives a shit about Jeff Bezos. Like nobody's like, Ooh, Jeff Bezos is such a cool guy. Like Anytime that you hear his name come out of out of anybody's mouth, it's related to something terrible, right? Whereas, like, Elon has a whole cult of, like, <laughs> you know, these Tesla bros who, yeah. who love him to death. Like, they, they can't get enough Elon. Yeah. Um, and I think that's definitely because he has an active Twitter account. He posts great memes, and I know you're a big fan of memes. I am a big fan of memes. I think Elon is an okay memer. I wouldn't say that he's a, like a super great memer, but for a billionaire, um, you know, he's cooler than any other billionaire. So, you know. One thing about Elon that I find interesting is that 
that guy has a lot of kids. <laughs> Do you know he has like something like he has six, like six kids, six yeah. kids, and they're all like sons. Yeah, and then uh, all boys. I mean, and then also more recently, his most new newest born son is like what's his name? Like X slash A twelve, X slash A twelve, like some weird name. And there was a bunch of memes about him. Um, and then he's actually very big on uh, people not having enough sex. <laughs> like he's like, we need to uh, re make sure we're populating the earth because so many of uh, the developing countries in the world are actually uh, seeing declining birth rates. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Um, a lot of, you know, developed countries are reaching peaks in their population pyramids and we're only going to get uh, lower levels of population from here, um, especially in, in working age uh, categories, which is definitely not good for a country. Um, and I think Elon's very aware of that. So that's why he's got to encourage everybody to like, get it on. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about like repopulation and that kind of stuff. Um, I know one country that pops up to my mind. The first thing that I hear about declining birth rate is Japan. Yeah. Japan is a really interesting uh, story in their demographics because they like they're fully just getting old and they're not doing anything about it. Most uh, developed countries have uh, declining natural birth rates and they usually use immigration mm -hmm. to solve this problem. But Japan refuses. They don't have a high immigration rate. In fact, they choose to keep it very low. Mm -hmm. And it's very strange that they do this because they're not going to be able to keep up their population on their own. Um, and that leads to a high dependency ratio which is where uh the the ratio of people who are working to the people who are not working so uh say like children right so when you have a lot of children or a lot of old people you have a really high dependency ratio and that's not good um, because it means that there's more strain on the average worker to feed their family than than in a country where the dependency ratio is really low. So, um, you know, Japan, I think their solution to this sort of problem is automation. I think this is why mm -hmm. Japan really focuses so heavily on tech is because they know that robotics and automation and other things like that are going to be a solution to their um, declining working age population. Why do you think that all of these developing countries, their birth rates are going down? What's the cause of that? So uh, throughout history, there's been um, sort of five distinct periods in uh, population and demographic patterns. Um, so in stage one, we had like the very pre-industrial era. Um, death rates were high. Birth rates were also high. Um and then you sort of move into this like second era during the industrial age when people could afford to have more kids because they knew that they're, or sorry, that no, they, they would have more kids. No, they didn't. They had the same amount. I'm sorry. They had the same amount of kids, mm -hmm. but the death rate rapidly dropped off because uh, industrial automation brought things like, better quality of life people didn't die in infancy so often um so the population 
like rapidly increases, right? Huge, huge, huge increases in population. Part of the reason why birth rates are going so dead low is that Japan, or like, why, why, what are like the uh, social reasonings though? Why aren't people having more kids? Oh, because like, is it um, like because it's expensive? It's ex- to have yeah, expensive. It's very expensive. It's also very time consuming. And I'd say Japanese culture around work is so uh, achievement focused that, you know, people will often have, you know, an, an incredibly long work week in Japan, um, an incredibly stressful one. And I think it's probably hard for all of those people to want to have children because they know they won't have the amount of time to, to spend with their children that they that they would need to, you know, if you, if you get up early every day and you go to work and you still get home at like eight or nine o'clock because of how much you work, you can't take care of a child. You don't have the time for it. It's not possible. So I feel like that's probably a, at least a sizable factor in that. It would be for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan, I know that you mentioned that you don't have to, like for Japanese people, a lot of Japanese people, they can't afford the time to have children. That's why I don't have children. I uh, I have a question for you. I know it's a little bit personal. Um, it's your stance on children. So, like, what are what are your thoughts or, or opinions? What do you want to have kids one day, or like, uh, do you, do you not? Personally, my opinion is I'm only ever gonna have kids if I have a husband who makes me have kids. Um, I. I'm sorry, hot takes. I'm a person who finds children annoying and they're a lot of effort and you don't get a lot out of them. I'm sorry, you don't. Like, you don't find them cute? No. What if like like, like a really chubby baby, you don't want to like no. squeeze the cheeks? No, I and, like, don't. Burp the baby I don't want to touch and, like, it. You know what? That's it. a big ball of germs. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, are you going to do that thing where what celebrities do? what adopt a, a foreign child no no not not you're not gonna pull an angelina jolie and brad pitt you're gonna pull i forgot which celebrity couple did this but what they did was they both had semen right and they mixed it and then they by like inserted the no, semen into the egg that. so like That's, it's 50 nope. 50 chance nope. and then like, you're mixing the kid nope. like uh, it's either nope. you or your partner no nope. something like that no nope. It can be his kid. It can be his. So your your family line ends with you then. Yeah, that's okay with me. That's the bloodline. I'm okay. Thousands with that. of years. That's fine. Mm, okay. Honestly, I have um, depression running in my family. So what do I do? I really want to raise a kid just so that they can suffer. Like, why why would I subject somebody to that involuntarily? Mm-hmm. I just don't feel that it would be fair of me to do that. So I'm not going to. Well, I feel very privileged to meet the last of the Evans. <laughs> the last of your line. No, but what if, I'm going to make him take my last name, but it's good. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the Oliver family name will, will continue. Okay. Well, awesome. Did you have any other topics you want to talk about? Um, I'm all out. I don't know. Well, you sort of, you sort of asked me like my thoughts on children and obviously I've told you my thoughts of, of, for, for myself, but if you mean like for society, um, like if in a, in a sort of broader sense, um, I think, yeah, definitely in the Western world, we need to up our birth rates, um, get on it straight. People have more, have more children. 
Um, cause otherwise, uh, a few people who do have kids, their kid, those people are going to have a really, really hard time. Elon Musk would be very proud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As Elon would tell, would tell everyone, get it on. Mm-hmm. Um, you you're a big you would I would you consider yourself a big fan of Elon Musk? I think you kind of are. Yeah, ever since I listened to Elon Musk's podcast, listening him talk to Joe Rogan, um, I've been a big fan of him. He like works very hard. He wants to progress humanity. He's a big fan of humanity. And one big part that I really respect is his work with Tesla. Um our guest originally, our upcoming guest is going to be um, a person that's very into sustainability and climate change. Mm-hmm. And I would say, personally for myself, I am somebody who is very involved or, or I very much care about our planet and sustainability and everything like that. Um, and I think with Elon Musk, he really started the whole or revitalized the electric car industry. And he's made electric cars cool. Um, and before Tesla, it wasn't really very popular because way back when you can correct me on this the um, oil and gas and car companies lobbied the electric car systems or a long time ago out of existence because they were like they saw it as a threat to their gas-powered cars what's interesting is i talked about this in my class today elon musk and uh cars and electric cars and stuff so yeah but what, what can you tell me about that um so it was actually well one of one of the the classic stories of the uh, GM EV1, which was uh, when GM, uh, better better known as Chevy or Chevrolet to everybody who doesn't know car companies, they made this car back in the nineties I think uh, called the EV1, and it was an electric car and it was really good. People liked it. The people who, they only leased them to people. They didn't sell them. And so when the leases came up and people said, oh, I want to I want to continue. I want this. I want this car. I want to keep this car. GM said no. And they brought back every single one of them and they destroyed all of them. They are all gone. There is not a single one left. And um, the reason that they did that is because they felt that it was it could stop them from making as much money um because they they are they were they're a company that makes gas-powered cars you know and they didn't want the idea of electric cars being successful they basically they didn't want tesla to to exist right this before tesla would even exist they didn't want something like that. No, no electric competitors, because if electric car technology doesn't exist, then how can anybody do it? Because it's very expensive to build a car platform, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it costs them hundreds of millions of dollars to create a platform, which is why they want their cars to sell well, because if they don't, then you've wasted, you know, millions of dollars on development that goes to waste. Yeah. You, when, when did you say this was? Um, I thought it was the 90s. When when was it actually? Yeah, I pulled up the Wikipedia page. I mean, look at this thing. This was kind of kind of cool. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty. It wasn't a bad looking car. Um, it wasn't disgusting. Yeah, 1996 to 1999. Yeah, see that there you go. It was the 90s. So the GM, some scientists, some R and D department designed this car, and then it shut it down. Like the upper executives. Yeah, they shut it down. 
god oh so but i mean a bunch of these were created though yeah they made a lot of them and they leased them all and then they destroyed them all oh i see look at this yeah ev1 was made available through limited lease only agreements initially to the residents of cities of los angeles phoenix to tuscan how do you say tucson, that tucson mm -hmm. uh real world engineering evaluation and marketing study this is all very interesting yeah it's a really fascinating story if you're interested in automotive history or electric car history or environmental activism sort of history this is a a, a fascinating story yeah i mean look at this picture yeah like, it looks futuristic it, it looks cool it was a very sci-fi looking car yeah a very 90s picture of sci-fi too yeah um because you you can oh man you can see the 90s that thing reeks <laughs> of the 90s yeah um but it people liked it they people liked it they thought it was a good car and they didn't they didn't want to give it up and gm the console the center console is very 90s like, oh yeah so that's many buttons. super 90s <laughs> but like yeah i mean i definitely wish i had a electric car right now given the freaking gas prices oh yeah it's absolutely wild here in yeah, California. I'm sure everyone wants a freaking electric car. Right oh, now. I'm sure they do. Yeah. Um, but you know what? If if everybody had an electric car right now, if, if tomorrow we snapped our fingers and everybody had an electric car, the price for electricity would shoot up dramatically because everybody would be charging their cars. And so right now there's not enough electricity supply. Oh really? To or there? Well, I mean, there wouldn't be to satisfy all charging all of those cars. Okay, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So the price of electricity would would shoot up. So it it really wouldn't fix fix it for everyone. Um, the best solution is for um a, a yes a shift to electric cars, but also an increase in electric generation capability. Which is why Elon sells the solar roof and those like Tesla battery packs that you can put in your house mm -hmm. so that you can charge your Tesla without worrying about that. Yeah. In the future, if I ever own a house or whatever, I'm definitely putting solar panels on it. That's for sure. Yeah. I think it eventually it pays for, for itself. It, that is if you have to pay for it because a lot of times there's like federal or state grants and stuff. Oh, um, and they can they can make it free. No, that's awesome. So, I know that the uh, S-Rack has our school's gym has a bunch of solar panels on top. Mm, yeah, mm. yeah. I've noticed that a lot of um, or at least uh, I'm not sure if it's if it's all Walmart stores, but a lot of Walmart stores have solar panels on their roofs. Mm. Um, the one in my hometown has a, a whole bunch. Um, you can kind of see it from like Google earth. Um, so it, it's sort of interesting. Um, I think it's good that any building that covers a large, um, uh, square footage should definitely have solar panels on it because essentially what you've got is a big flat white roof anyway. So you may as well cover it in solar panels. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about the critics of like solar panels and things that say, or electric cars, that the carbon emissions from creating electric cars or the carbon emissions from creating solar panels is greater than the lifetime of uh, the gas emitted from a gasoline car, traditional gasoline car. Um, 
Well, I'm sure to some extent that might that may that may be true in specific circumstances. Say, for example, um, if you manufacture your uh, solar panels using equipment that's entirely powered by diesel engines, yeah, maybe maybe that's possible. Um, or if they run off electricity that's produced in a uh, country that has a really uh, carbon-intensive energy mix. Um, you know, but if you... I think once we're able to use clean power to manufacture clean energy systems, I think the benefits will com- will compound there and you'll be able to have less carbon emissions. Mm-hmm. And I think even if it takes a lot of, of carbon emission to produce something, the economies of scale might reduce that in the long term. Um, you know, everything is expensive and difficult to produce when you make only one. But when you make a lot, then you can really bring efficiencies up. And so if as industrial and manufacturing technologies improve um, for those specific uh, systems like wind turbines and solar panels and whatnot, um, their efficiency and energy efficiency will uh, improve. Because realistically, companies have an incentive to be as energy efficient as possible because they don't want to pay a higher electric bill or a higher uh, fuel bill or, or anything like that. It's sort of interesting. Uh, something that it reminds me of is in the airline industry, um, airlines have an incentive to be as green as possible because fuel is one of their largest expenses. In fact, it is the largest expense for most airlines. Um, and so they will... They will maintain a fleet of aircraft that is like less than five years old just so that they have the newest, latest, most fuel efficient engines like Ryanair and like Southwest and companies like that. They only fly the newest generation of 737s because they're the most fuel efficient like they don't fly old planes. Old pla- You don't see old planes a lot in the sky because new ones are so much more efficient that it justifies spending the tens of millions of dollars to buy the new plane, which is crazy. I wonder if there's going to be, ever be um, electric planes. Is that a thing? It is a thing. Um, I saw a video about how on very short-haul subsidized routes, it's actually more profitable to use an electric plane than a conventionally powered plane. Yeah. But obviously I think technology isn't there yet or something or nobody has ever done it. It is know. it is a thing on very small scales, but most of the uh, electric planes are in very, very limited production. Mm-hmm. And they're usually prototypes or um, stuff like that. Yeah, uh, There's a lot of really cool companies out there that are trying to make electric planes a thing um like i believe it's aptera is making a cool like electric plane they're based out of san diego um 
they're they're doing something that's really cool like that. Um, there's a lot of a lot of companies out there that are doing cool electric plane stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that there's electric planes out there because you know like whenever you look into the uh the sky and then you see like a trail of cloud like a plane, yeah yeah yeah, a trail yeah. Of cloud but like what people what 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 stupid people would call a chemtrail yeah yeah but isn't that just like emission like the all the freaking no what what is it what it actually is is uh clouds that were formed because of the airplane so the airplane flew through the sky right and it sucks in a ton of air through the the front of the engine and it compresses it and so when it's when it came out the back, it cooled and condensed, and the, there was enough water in the air that it formed a cloud because it kind of pressed it all sort of together. Because that's really what, what clouds are, is just sort of water suspended mm-hmm. in the sky. And um, so it's it, it has to do with the temperature and the pressure inside the, um, the, the bypass duct, I would probably imagine, not the combustion chamber, but it... So, uh, air. Okay, you you've got to you've got to stop me, otherwise I'm going to start talking about the design of aircraft engines. Like, <laughs> this is not. <laughs> well, I was curious, and I Google searched like because I know that airplanes use a lot of gas or oil. Uh, they use fuel. Fuel. Yeah, fuel. <laughs> I don't I don't know the difference, but according to this. Um, Global aviation industry produces around 2.1% of all human-induced carbon dioxide emissions. Aviation is responsible for 12% of CO2 emissions from all transportation sources compared to 74% from road. That kind of surprised me, actually. Or actually, does it? I thought it would be higher, actually. No, it doesn't surprise me at all because, you know what? Like, there's so many more cars yeah. than there are planes like there's just a shit ton of cars on the road there's so so many yeah something that shocked me when i first went to um shanghai back in like 2011 was the sheer amount of cars there were it was this so many cars and the fact that you know how la there's a lot of cars mm-hmm. it's more than la if you could believe that and the cars go so close together it's like you're like inches from hitting the other car that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, that sounds a little bit like a really, really crowded day in London. Yeah. Um, I remember, I, I don't know what was going on that day, but it was super crowded in Hammersmith. Um, I got on a bus and the bus was packed to the brim and we were sitting in traffic for like an hour between one stop because it was that big of a stand, of a standstill. It was ungodly. Because it was like literally standing room only in the bus, right? It was so, 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 oh, so Oh, so you, you were standing. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so I had to, to stand there in the bus for like an hour. <laughs> was it a double-decker bus? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is a double-decker bus very London-y or, or British-English-y or something? It, it's definitely very British. Um, the British love their double-decker buses. They really, really do. Because they've, they've got them all over. It's not even just in in london although mm-hmm. it, it's most commonly associated with london yeah. for good reason they use a lot of them yeah um but you also see them in like edinburgh you see them in oxford you see them in I, i'm sure other places i'm sure you probably see them in manchester and bristol and 
Liverpool and places like that. You probably see them all over the place. Yeah, because I grew up in Hong Kong, right? And so they also have double-decker buses. And one of the, my favorite things to do as a kid was go on the second second level and then go to the ferry front. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. always fun. It's super fun. And they have they purposely designed it that way so that the front of the second floor or second story has like these huge windows. Yep. So it's a great view of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you can see the bus drive through like the super small Hong Kong streets and it's super cramped. And then to your sides, it's like super close. It's like these buildings that are really super tall and stuff. It's it's a pretty cool thing. It's like a little bit of, reminds me of like a roller coaster ride. Yeah, it's it's well something that I think is really cool about Hong Kong. I don't know if it's the only one in the world, but I know it's the only one that I know about is the only double decker tram. There's a double decker tram? Yeah. There's a double decker tram in Hong Kong. You can look it up. Um it's like a thing. Um I'm gonna look it up. It's, it, you know, I think that's really cool because you often don't see sort of like light rail vehicles that are double-decker. I think it's probably the only one that I would have ever seen in my life. Oh, wait, hold on. Like the ones that, um, powered by electric, these ones? Yeah. No, 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 not that. It's something different. I, I don't know. I can't remember what it's called. Because um, these, are these called trams? uh yeah that that yeah these are very interesting so these are only on um hong kong island oh look at this one this one's like a new concept one but these are like the old school ones yeah see that's that's what i mean the double decker trams on hong kong what is this oh wow look at this tips over Jeez. yeah no these are very cool uh they're very cheap and hey they're powered by electricity so we know elon will be happy about that and they have a very unique um system where the front is you don't pay when you go in you pay when you leave i think it's very cool oh that's so strange yeah it's very strange um and then the layout's very cool inside too they look so cool i i love the aesthetic that they have um you can definitely tell they're a relic of the era of being a british colony um it's it's just so fascinating, and it, I think it's one of those things I I've never seen anywhere else in the world that has that. Oh wait, London doesn't have this? No, no, London does not have that. Oh, like 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 powered by the like electricity? No, that run on rails. Oh yeah, yeah, they run on rails. Yeah. Yeah, they they don't. London doesn't have anything double decker that runs on rails. Oh, interesting. No, I know SF does, and that's pretty historical. Well, uh, uh, not double decker. Yeah, but exactly like the cable cars. The cable yeah, car. the cable cars mm-hmm. are really cool. Um, I've been on those a couple times. Um, when when you got to go up and down Powell Street, I guess you know. Yeah. So, when was the last time that you went to San Francisco? What did you? What or like? What was your first time? Actually, what was your first time in San Francisco like? I don't remember. Hold on, let me think. Uh, off the top of my head, I would say that other than going with family, which I barely did, the most memorable first time was back in high school that I went with my friends. Mm. And it was part of like a uh, Asian club thing. And we went there to... We were sponsored by AT&T. So every Chinese New Year, I think, um, there's a Chinese New Year parade. 
So mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. it was like the Asian Students Club or whatever back in high school, we would go to San Francisco and we would be part of the parade. <laughs> and then we would have this like dance thing uh, where we say like, Gong Hei Fa Choi or like, uh, or like, Happy New Happy Chinese New Year. Yeah. And then we would walk in the parade, you know, it was pretty cool. And then like we would wave to people in the um, stands or whatever, like next to the watching the parade. And then we would be on live TV and stuff. So it was a very cool experience. And then um, before that, because it was always at night, like me and my friends were like hanging out around downtown SF, like go to the shops and stuff. And mm. obviously didn't buy anything because we were broke high school students. Right. Um, I think that's pretty cool. Um, I actually went to uh, San Francisco the weekend of the Lunar New Year this year. Um, that was a nice sort of uh, weekend trip for me. Um, all the transport was free on that weekend for Lunar New Year, um, which I, I really love. I don't know. It's sort of this sort of, I think it's a kind of a strange tradition that like transport systems are always free on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. And I like that San Francisco is culturally sensitive enough to take that to Lunar New Year as well. Yeah. Cause San Francisco has like what the oldest Chinatown yeah, one in, of the oldest the West. towns in the West. I know, yeah. I know the oldest one is in the Philippines or something like that. Really? Yeah, the oldest one. It was founded in like the year 1000 or something like that. Oh my God, that's yeah. cool. I'll have to double check on that. But uh, this is what uh, I did. Um, basically, there was a parade and I didn't do anything cool like that holding like a dragon. But, you know, obviously. Yep, so there's a parade and I'll be in the middle that would I, be like a float, you know? I would love to go to the parade. That would be super cool. I didn't get to go to the parade this year. Yeah. Um, even though I was in San Francisco that weekend, but I had something else to do. Yeah, in the past few years, they haven't had it because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, next next year, yeah. we should go and see the, the parade. I it's think that would be cool, really yeah. fun. Um, there's a lot of really good places to eat in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. I think SF's world-renowned for their food, no? I I don't know, but I know that it's a lot better than what we have here in San Jose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, San Jose, I, I don't know. Um, we're the 10th largest city. We're, we have a population bigger than SF, but for some reason, like, San Francisco has, like, a restaurant scene, like, three times better, five because times better. Because it's denser, mm-hmm. I, I would say. The, the, the population density in San Francisco is so much higher than it is here. And I think that that's... The fact that things are spread out makes it less cosmopolitan, right? It's sort of like how New York is the most cosmopolitan place in North America, you know, or especially in the United States. And it's because it's so dense. It's so tightly packed into this little tiny area. And I feel like when it's more spread out, the less urban something a city is, the less likely it is to have all that cool stuff, you know? I think really that's what people look for when they say like, I want to move to the big city. Yeah. People don't want to move to a spread out, miserable place. You know, like they want to move somewhere where it's really dense and there's tons of people and there's something's happening. Something's every night. always packing, happening. Yeah. You know, so there's always so much, you know, places are packed and there's things to do and things to see. And there, there's so much, right. That's what makes cities like London and Tokyo Mm-hmm. and new york and and you know hong kong really incredible 
is that there's always something to do. And San Francisco too, right? San Francisco, there's always something crazy going on in San Francisco. Um, you can always find something to do. What's your favorite thing to do in San Francisco? Uh, go to the gay clubs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I know that you had an interesting experience last time you were there. What can you tell me about it? Oh my God. I cannot talk about that. You can't? That is Patreon exclusive content. Okay. 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 Um, (laughs) (laughs) I thought we were going balls to the wall. No, not about that. That's too much. Okay. Too soon. Okay. Uh, Okay. Fair enough. Um, But favorite gay clubs? Like, why do you Mm. like going to the gay clubs there? It's where all the it's where all the gays go, right? Like people, when you go to the gay when you go to the gay bar in San Jose, it's like empty. Like there's no 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 no. Splash was like popping like a couple of weeks okay, ago. Okay, we yeah, by. yes, Splash is popping on like a Friday night. Yeah, but like everybody and their mama brings their straight friends. Like, not like when you go there, the percentage of gay people is less than when you're at a San Francisco gay club oh, because like, all the gays. Like, I I don't I don't I don't know how to explain it, but like, the the San Francisco ones are better. They're just more lit. Yeah. Like, it's occasionally just... you'll find like a dude blowing another dude in the bathroom. Oh, that happens in San Jose too. But like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a story for another time. Um. <laughs> so wait, you've seen this? You've seen this happen? Yeah. That's 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 very cool. I think, uh, but what what other things about SF do you like? Um, I really like that they have a very effective public transport system. Yeah. So that way, when I go to the gay club and I get super drunk, I don't have to worry about how I'm going to get home mm-hmm. or like think about how expensive an Uber or a oh Lyft would God, be. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like that the public transit goes enough places that I can I can take the public transit home. Um, another thing that I really like about San Francisco is the architecture. Um, I love all those like old school San Francisco houses, um, with the bay windows and, you know, they're all painted Victorian homes. They just look so fascinating. Um, it's such a unique place architecturally. Um, I also love that it's like cold. Um, cause mm-hmm. I, to me, I, I don't like hot weather. Yeah, it's cold year round yeah. because the water surrounds it on three sides. So mm-hmm. then it, it, it's like a, uh, insulator or, or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Keeps the city cool. Yeah. In fact, it's, it's a little bit cold for me, but I know you have the, uh, cold tolerance of uh, above average person. <laughs> yeah. You, pre- yeah, it'll be like 50 degrees or 40 degrees and you could just be wearing a t-shirt. Yeah, I yeah, will it'll be perfectly warm. Yep. Cool. Cool. Um, something I don't like about San Francisco though, is it is dirty. Uh-huh. It is very dirty. Um, I can't tell you how many places you go and the streets are just littered with trash and it just smells bad. And yeah. like, it's, that part is not great. Um, it's, I think it's crazy how expensive San Francisco is for being a city where it's so unpleasant sometimes, you know, you would think that if you're paying that much to live somewhere, that it would be nicer. 
Have you been to the uh, Tenderloin District? I have, yeah. Yeah, I, I went to ten, uh, San Francisco one time. This was last summer, and my friend was, took me there. He said that the f- best restaurant, or one of the best restaurants in SF, uh, this soul food place, is in the Tenderloin. So we went there, and man, uh, that was shocking, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, and we ended up going somewhere else because I didn't want to park my park my car there. Yeah, uh, south of Market is kind of, uh, yep, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, you can really tell the difference between, like, south of Market and, like, Fisherman's Wharf, right? The wharf area is so, because it's packed with tourists, right? They keep it clean and they, they make it photogenic right because people come there on vacation (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so interesting that like but honestly that place is such a tourist trap like personally i haven't gone there like the last five times that i've been to san francisco just because i'm like why would i go there it's just like the water smells like the ocean (laughs) you know there's lots of seagulls everywhere yeah yeah and but it, hey, it's it, like famous, right? Like the fisherman, the oh, clam yeah. chowder. No, that's that's cool. You know, like you know, to go it's to like famous. Bowden or whatever. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it just to me it's kind of an overpriced gimmick. Like it just feels overdone. It's like when you go to LA and you go to the Walk of Fame and like everything there is like you know, you could get like a bottle of water and it's like fifteen dollars. You know, like it's just Tourist traps are so money-draining. They're so bad. Um, it's so much nicer to just go to a place that locals go to because it's a lot more affordable and it's a lot realer. Um, you know, I like to go to places in... Uh, I mean, I guess, honestly, like even Castro is kind of a tourist trap now, like a gay tourist trap. What's Castro? Castro is the gay area in San Francisco. Um, every every major city has a gayborhood, right? In LA, it's West Hollywood. In New York, it's like Soho. Um, in San Francisco, it's the Castro. In San Diego, it's Hillcrest, right? Like every in uh, Miami, it's like South Miami Beach, right? Like every every major city has a gayborhood, and in San Francisco, it's Castro. And there's a lot of places that totally use the fact that they're a location in Castro just to get gay people to go there. Um, and like, I mean, fair enough, you know, some of these places actually do have the history and the reputation that make it worth it. And some of these places do not. Mm. Right. Some of these places are like, Oh, come and visit this really important gay rights place. And it's not actually an important gay rights place. But then some of it is. But I guess who am I to talk? Because, like, being in Castro in itself sort of is is a sort of historic gay rights thing because of the function that the neighborhood served for decades when gay people couldn't walk around and just be open about being gay. So, like, that's that's why gayborhoods exists, even. It's, it's supposed to be a safe place to be who you are. Um, but now their, their function is mainly to just host gay clubs and mm-hmm. 
extort money out of people. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, one of my favorite uh, or the best fish and chips I've ever had is this place in near Fisherman's Wharf mm-hmm. in San Francisco. So good. The Cod Mother. The Cod Mother. Yeah. Um, I've heard of this place. Oh, I've never really? been. Um, I heard it's pretty good. Um, it's amazing. I'll, I'll have to go. Um, the best fish and chips that I've ever had was in a place called Pier 23 Cafe. Uh, Where's that at? San Francisco. Oh. Um, surprisingly, well, well, it's the best American fish and chips that I've ever had. Oh, you've had better in Britain. In Britain, of course. What? Uh, so, I, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's, a, it's British food. It would be weird if they didn't do it better. I thought it was Icelandic food. It's British food. <laughs> I remember that Johnny it's Harris video. It's definitely British food. Okay, yeah. Yeah, their fish and chips is kind of like our fried chicken. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's their... They love it, and it's very good. It's very, very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I, you know what? I love a good fish and chips. I feel like it's an underrated food in America. Like I feel like not enough people value a good fish and chips in america america doesn't have a fast food chain that's fish and chips we used to we used to have like um long john silvers wait what long john silver what happened to it um it just didn't do well like people didn't like it that much so it sort of kind of faded there are locations still left i think but like the one that that i grew up near doesn't exist anymore um or like arby's restaurants those are disappearing arby's we got the meats yeah we got the meats i've never been to an arby's Uh, Um, how do you feel about arby's they're okay i guess uh they're a little different um i think it's it's supposed to be more like deli kind of hot food type things and i feel like that's I feel like they compete against like the burger market and I feel like they're a different market and they need people don't separate it in their mind enough. I think is, is I, I guess I've never been to Arby's cause I just watch the commercials and I'm just like, if I go there, I'm going to get a heart attack from eating all the meats. <laughs> <laughs> like, cause like, what, they, what do they do uh... to it? They put like five slices of ham and like two pieces of bacon and like a burger patty. Like they stack, crap out of that thing they do they absolutely do i think the stuff is pretty good a lot of people hate it i don't know why i don't know where the cliche about arby's being bad comes from because personally i didn't think it was that bad mm-hmm. um but you know they're they're not doing well because people don't people don't respond well to it for some reason um yeah let's take a look at the website keep talking okay so um six piece boneless Ooh, you like boneless wings right uh i do like boneless wings what do you prefer boneless or bone in i uh, feel like but bo- yeah. to me i know hot takes i prefer bone in <laughs> oh you prefer bone in yeah no that's not a hot take because the real hot take is if you prefer boneless um i don't know it's such a contentious argument um and i don't even know why like I just feel like, um, like if you're going to get boneless wings, don't get wings, just get nugs at that point. Like, Ooh, this looks good right here. Look at this. 
smokehouse Ooh, look that at looks that very good it's all meat like yeah, there's just no vegetables on it nope um there is not <laughs> but this looks really good actually <laughs> it looks very tasty no, but it's supposed to it's like marketing yeah. yeah no of course everything always looks better in the picture than it ends up looking in real life yeah um i would love to i i don't know why i just thought of this because i i guess i earlier today i was watching a video where somebody made their own version of the Chick-fil-A sandwich. And so I'm um, now I'm like, I would love to try to do that, to make my own version of the Chick-fil-A sandwich mm-hmm. um, with, like, fresh bread and, like, fry my own chicken and everything like that. I feel like that would be really cool to kind of do um, and try it and see how good of a sandwich I can make and if it's worth it compared to just going to Chick-fil-A. And I'm sure the answer will be no. <laughs> and we're back. So... For the last segment of this episode, I thought it would be fun if we do a uh, little Would You Rather game and we can both talk about it. Um, you guys listening at home, you can play with us and kind of uh, go along with it as well. So here's the first one. Evan, are you ready? Yep. Okay. Would you rather lead a boring life from here on forward or be reborn with all your memories into a baby of the opposite sex? Hmm. I think this is very easy. I th- I feel like I know what you're going to go for. I feel like you're going to go with the be be born as an opposite sex with all your memories. Uh yeah. Cuz think of how far ahead you would be. I don't know. Like do I want to be a girl? Do I want to have a period? Like <laughs> do I want the cramps? Do I need that? Like from from the way that it's been described to me by women before, it doesn't sound pleasant. No, definitely not. I'm very glad that, yeah, I don't so, have to deal with I that. I don't know. To me, I think this is kind of a hard choice. I think I'm going to go with live a boring life because okay. for me, that means my life doesn't change much. <laughs> How come I can't change? Let's go to the next one. All right. Would you rather see how or what created civilization or see how or what ends civilization how or what ends civilization why um i feel like how or what created civilization has no effect on my life Mm -hmm. whereas depending on how or what ends civilization that could have an impact (laughs) i mean we already know what's going to end civilization uh climate change no, tiktok <laughs> <laughs> kidding uh okay uh would you rather win an oscar or win the nobel peace prize oh definitely nobel peace prize oh it doesn't say nobel peace prize just just win the nobel prize oh i'd rather have a nobel prize okay oh you're in the majority All right, would you rather be a hawk or be a shark? I feel like I'd rather be a hawk because I can fly, and that's cool. Me too. I, I choose hawk because flying, of course. Yeah. And then shark, like eating all those microplastics in the freaking ocean, you know, yeah. getting caught by some, like, asian fishermen <laughs> for your shark fin oh soup. Oh, my God. Right? Like, Jesus. And then, no, you know what they do, right, is that they – uh they cut your fin off, and the rest of your body is not useful, so they throw you back in. But then when you throw, throw, throw you back in, you can't, the sharks can't swim without the fin, right? So they're just like, 
freaking laying there. So they just float there and die. They just float there and die from like starvation or something. That's miserable. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, that's. I'm definitely gonna go with hot. Yeah. Hey, some people want to be a shark. Did you know that sharks aren't even the apex predators of the ocean? Uh, what is? Yeah, uh, I think orcas hunt them down. Like, orcas will eat them. Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah, and then fuck with them, too, because orcas are, like, bigger, stronger, and mm-hmm. faster. Mm-hmm. And they also have the numbers, because they work in groups, and sharks are, like, solitary. That's that's really terrifying, yeah. actually. All right, would you rather have extremely muscular arms or m- extremely muscular legs? Um... I feel like I'm going to go with legs. Why like, legs? Um, more better, better to have sex with like, <laughs> better, like that's a, such a, a huge boost to like your ability to continue to have sex for like your stamina for hours because uh-huh. you have like really powerful legs. Like thrusting. Yeah. Any other reasons other than just sex? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do uh, extremely muscular arms help with sex, though? I don't think so. Don't think, okay. All right. Let's see if you're right. Oh, wow. You're in the minority in this one. What about you? I would have legs as well because I feel like legs, uh, you could do a lot more running with those and like uh, you could traverse very well and like go mm-hmm. hiking and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Ash keeps telling me that uh, muscular legs boost testosterone or something. Okay. So I think that, that would be pretty cool. All right. And then I feel like big arms don't really look good on me, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I have a pretty small frame. So. I, admittedly, I was think, kind of thinking that to you. Like, what would, I, what would look better on me? me? My regular body with obscene, obscenely large arms or yeah. my regular body with obscenely large legs? And I feel like legs makes more yeah, sense for me. Yeah, legs are uh, definitely underappreciated. Okay, because you don't really, like, look at those or whatever, <laughs> you know? All right, would you rather have holes put through both hands and both feet via nails and hammer or go 40 days in the desert without food? What the f- This one's weird. It's very biblical. It's biblical and it's just, like, torture. Um... Um... I think I'm going to say the hands and the feet <laughs> because it, it's you get the suffering over at once instead of having to like suffer for a month. Okay. I don't even want to answer this one, but yeah, you have a point. Like, will you even survive after that? I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be a lot of pain. You're definitely going to pass out from pain though. I think. Oh yeah. Most people would like to go to the desert. All right. Last one. Oh, speak only in words that begin with H. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you're going to like that one. Or not be able to say any words that have the letter. This one's so boring. Can we skip this one? Yeah. Okay. All right. Have a lightsaber or have a phaser in Star Trek? Mm, definitely a lightsaber. Lightsabers are a lot cooler. Wait, what's a phaser in Star Trek? It's like a, a gun. Oh, like the... Yeah. Set the... phasers to stun. Oh. You know, very... It's it's not as cool as, as a lightsaber. But, but the thing with a lightsaber is you need the force to wield it. So mm, you right, you right. Maybe I should go with the phaser because anybody can use that. Yeah, you could just point and shoot, and then a lightsaber. Think of all the harm and damage you could do with it. True, and like also like to to wield a lightsaber, you also have to have a skill. Yeah. Whereas like I feel like 
most people can like shoot a gun sufficiently well that it's easier to just have a phaser. <laughs> oh wow, look at this. The other people did not think this through like we did. Yeah, I know. We, we took our time to think about the, the, the realities of it. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, I think that will... Hey guys, Future Jason here in the editing room. Thank you guys for listening to our podcast. Unfortunately, our audio cuts off here, but all we talk about is just follow us on Spotify, YouTube, and Instagram. Thank you guys for listening.